0: welcome to the mindful salon jedi podcast this podcast delves deeper into the foundation of building your salon business through mindset mastery your salon growth starts with you i'm your host caroline sanderson the salon jedi i help salon owners just like you transform into salon jedi masters of your own salon business i help you work less on the tools to work smarter not harder so you can confidently lead your team, if you have one, into high performers for more profits and more freedom. Okay, so welcome to another Mindful Salem podcast and today I'm joined by Robert Eaton, who is British Hairdresser of the Year. He is creative director of Russell Eaton Salons. Good morning Robert, how are you today?
1: Yeah, really good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm brilliant and thanks for coming on the podcast. We've had so many questions from our community, so what we're going to do is I want to kind of ask you a few questions first, we'll have a little bit of a chat, but then we'll do a little bit of a a quick fire round because we had so many questions coming in and they were all a bit random, so I think (laughs) we'll do a a bit of a a quick fire later, but but one of the things that this podcast is about, it's really about mindset and self-belief and with you having such the massive accolade of, I mean it really is the accolade of our industry, British Hairdresser of the Year. I want to kind of dig a little bit deeper into how that came, how that came about, that, that journey to get there and what do you believe were certain things that were key in making this happen on your journey? Because we're looking at if, if it's true that success leaves traces, how can other people follow in what you've achieved? So if you could just give us you know, a little bit of a background of your history and, and bring us in the lead up, up to um, winning, of course, British Air of the Year.
1: Okay, so first of all, thank you for inviting me on today. Um, my history in the hairdressing industry is I'm, I'm part of a family business called Russell Eaton. So we've got two salons based in Yorkshire. Um, and I've, I've grown up around the hairdressing industry. So I used to work on Saturdays from being about 11 years old. Um, As soon as I knew I wanted to do hairdressing, which was pretty early on, um, I I did an NVQ while I was still at school. Um, And then I I left school and went straight into my apprenticeship, which was a fairly traditional apprenticeship at our family business. Um, I would say it was quite a tough apprenticeship because working in a family business, people often think, oh, is is that easier in some way? But actually, I would say it was I felt was probably harder because you have to sort of prove yourself a lot more. Um, but also as a uh, as a family member, you could probably say things to each other um, and be critiqued, perhaps a little <laughs> bit harder than than the normal the person that or yeah. employee that works for you. So um, so I did that. Um, but and also being part of that family business, Dad's has always been a really progressive hairdresser. He's always wanted to. Um, be part of the creative side of the industry but also run really successful salons as well so I'd always seen my parents doing that growing up so that, that kind of mindset was already within me anyway and I think if you anybody who's interested in business or grows up in a family business you already have that, um, that strong work ethic within you anyway um, and I was very fortunate to grow up around seeing lots of the artistic side of the industry as well um, and that helped me to really decide from an early age that I wanted to be the best I possibly could and really work hard to, to get to that stage um, so with with the journey to winning British Hairdress of the Year it's not happened overnight it's been something that's been many many years and hours of, of dedication and hard work not just from myself actually but from the whole salon and from our family um, I'm making lots of, I guess, lots of sacrifices on personal life and personal time that I've really put so many hours into getting to the the stage that I'm at now. And I'm still learning and doing lots of different things even now as well. It's not that the journey's over because I've won this. It's uh, still, you know, I'm, I'm 40 in a couple of weeks' time. So I think I'm kind of still on this journey within the industry. I've got many more years to go um, ahead of me, hopefully, as well. So, um, but from a, a, I guess, from a creative point of view, it was going out and watching as many people as I possibly could, connecting with as many people as I possibly could and learning from everybody as well. I mean, that was the key thing to, um, to, to, to getting to the point where I felt uh, capable of being nominated and entering awards. It's been a real learning curve, really. And I, I felt I did my apprenticeship in that, not only in a, in a, from a, a hairdressing perspective and learning about our craft and learning about the business, but also entering competitions and awards and, and becoming more successful with that as well.
0: So yes, that's interesting when you say about the family business. I know because um, I did have my daughter working at my salon for a very for a very short time, <laughs> but it didn't. Well, she's decided not to go into hairdressing. So, but it was an experience. But yeah, I get what you're saying there.
1: I think it either works, it, it can work or it can't. I mean, don't get get me wrong. We have our moments in our family business, and I think we'll have weeks or months where everything's all fine, and then we'll all have our our sort of uh, moments where we express our views and stuff, and then we move on and and get on with it. A bit more
0: so. uh... So when did you first, um, what was the first awards that you started to go for and had you always had the vision of British hairdressing awards uh, or British hairdresser of the year or has it been a natural progress of just you know one award then you're ambitious to get the next and then the next or did you actually have it in your head one day that you were going to be British Judge of the year. Well,
1: what what actually happened was Dad gave me a book. It was a Trevor Sorby book when I first started in hairdressing. And he wrote inside it that, um, you know, one day this could be you if you work really hard with regards to winning awards. And I got given that, uh, I think I was 16 or 17. So I, I guess I'd always got that idea in my mind that that could be something you could work towards and strive towards. Uh, and I'm always really grateful that dad actually gave that that to me because it was something that from a very early age, it gave me a sort of goal to work towards. Um, but with regards to competitions and awards, one of the things that I always felt was because we at that time I was only in the Barnsley Salon, so as was a hairdresser in a smaller town away from London, um, I think at that particular time, this is going back 20, over 20 years ago, before social media and before you could connect with people as easily as we can now, it was all about getting yourself out there and mixing with different hairdressers and learning from different hairdressers. So I used to go to award ceremonies and competitions and watch other hairdressers that I really admired and looked up to and looked at the work that they did and try to learn from those people and also think, well, actually, I could try to do that one day. And and as a young hairdresser, I've got, you know, I've got so, so far to go with that. I mean, it was at the very early stages of it. I didn't have the confidence that perhaps I do now. And also from a skills perspective, you know, it was, you know, it's definitely a, a learning curve, perfecting your skills and training your eye into the type of work that you like to see and the aesthetic that you like to see. Um, but that's how it kind of began for me. So the first awards I ever entered was one called the Weller Young Brit Challenge, which that later became the Trend Vision Awards. Um, and that was designed for young hairdressers like I was at that, that time. Um, and the, the, the prize for that was a, a photo shoot with a hairdresser called Keith Harris and it got the front cover of Aesthetica magazine. So at that, that time, it was kind of a, something that all hairdressers, and still now, actually, you still strive to see your work published, uh, but particularly to get a front cover of one of the leading hairdressing magazines was a massive thing. So um, so I always kind of strove to try and be successful and win one, and then it just naturally led on to trying to do something else. So after doing that awards, I, I entered the L'Oreal Colour Trophy. And again, that was a bit of a journey as well. I didn't win that straight away. I'd entered a couple of times... And then went back to it, you um, know, I, I, I entered and finally got into the actual regional category and then won that, um, and then went on to winning the whole uh, national competition as well. Um, and then in, in getting involved with the, the Fellowship of British Hairdressing, that was a great um, tool for me as well, because um, I entered things like the Fame Team and got into that. So that was kind of a bit of a, a platform for me to try to progress further. Um and then I got involved in the Hairdressing Award. So it's kind of just naturally happened one after each other. And I felt that the, the, the way that I did that and the awards that I went for were happening at the right time for me in my career. So they were the, the right level of competition. It wouldn't have been right for me to go straight into the British Hairdressing Awards as a, an 18 or 19-year-old hairdresser because I wouldn't have had the, the experience and the skills to be able to, to do what you need to do to pull a collection together. Um, but I think doing the the level of competition I did at the right time uh, was was important for me in my journey in hairdressing. Um, And also not winning or not, you know, not being successful every time was also as important as the ones and the years when I won.
0: Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask is, you know, how important is that? Because we don't always win the first time. It's almost like you want it more, but it helps you hone your hone your skills, and, and and you want it more. But really, when you come back and then, like you say, you do win, you realize I wasn't ready. I needed that extra time to really.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think it's the same when you, if you're a, a, an apprentice hairdresser or somebody going through the training, you sometimes remember the things that go wrong more than the things that go right. So when you make a mistake with something, you you know not to do that again. You know that you've you know what you've learned from that. Whereas you know it's great to do something, an amazing haircut or amazing colour or style or whatever and you can take pictures of it but that could sometimes just get forgotten about. Um, whereas the things and the experience I remember the most are the things that sometimes didn't go right as well. So with awards and competitions, that was definitely a learning curve and a journey that I went on as well. So with the Colour Trophy, when I entered that, there was one year we came last in the regional um, heats. And then the year after, I went on to um, get through to the finals and to win it. So it was kind of both extremes of experience there, but I, I wouldn't have probably gone on to win it if I'd not come last the year before and learnt so much from that, that experience
0: yeah that brings me kind of nicely into mindset how much do you think that it is important so it's one thing having because how can you can have two hairdressers one that has you know they're both equally extremely skilled in the creative yet one will never pursue that dream or they will try it and, and not manage it yet they've got the creative skills and then someone else you know like yourself that rises to the the highest accolade that there is in our industry How important is mindset linked to that, do you think, and self-belief?
1: I think it's really important. Um, It's one of the most, and this is not just from a creative perspective, I think it's with business as well. Um, I mean, over my journey in hairdressing, I've had years when I've been super motivated and then periods of time where maybe my personal life's taken over a bit more or I've not wanted to or had the, the same Drive and that there's nothing wrong with that either. You just focus on different things in your life. Um, I mean, th- for me, if I explain the sort of latter parts of or the last ten years, um, I'd entered a lot of competitions and a lot of awards and really worked on the art- artistic side of the the uh, the industry. But then I decided about ten years ago that we needed to do something with that, so we put it into our business. So ten years ago, we opened our lead salon, which was a huge change and a huge investment for. For our family business um, and a massive change for me because i've worked on so many artistic elements of the industry to go from that to then all of a sudden doing business um, and having to really think about a totally different type of mindset and the determination and the dedication that goes into building a business client by client um was very very hard and being in a, a big city centre like leeds was a big challenge for us at first so it took me three, four, five years to really get through the, the, the hard work that goes into an establishing a business, getting a great foundation there, and then it enabled us to then move on to artistic and creative things again. So I think there's periods in your career where you can focus on different things, and mindset is important in all aspects of that. It doesn't have to be creative work. It, has to, it can be the, the business element of it, which is still incredibly creative as well. You have to be very creative with business to be successful as well. Um, so I think it's, it, it, I, I've, I feel fortunate I've always been quite a positive person generally, I would say I always try to see the positive side on, on everything that's happening in life, as well as obviously weighing up the things that can go wrong and, um, and elements of um, concern within business. But I think having that positive um, sort of attitude and approach towards anything we do is really important.
0: Does that come naturally or is that a, a sort of mindset that you've developed over the years? Or does it come naturally to just sort of flip to thinking the best in situations?
1: Perhaps a bit of both, really. Um, I wouldn't say that I think naturally I am a little bit like that anyway. Um, but then I think you, it is always better, in my view, to approach everything with the most positive attitude you can, you can um, have. He, he, like, so with, with creative work even if you're watching a hairdresser that actually you think I don't really like that work it, it doesn't relate to what I can do you'll still always learn something from that person and how, whether it's presentation skills or something about their business or something about even just the type of work that you do and you think well actually well, that's not for me but you're still going to learn something from that person and I think it's better to go into to, um, to, to watching anybody or learning from any, anybody with that, that attitude really
0: yeah it's a great attitude actually yeah
1: yeah. And, and I think more than ever now, actually, if you think about how much the industry shares with each other, and I know we chatted a, a bit via social media, you get to know people very easily without even meeting them sometimes as well. Whereas before it was never like that. You'd have to go to an event. You'd have to meet somebody, introduce yourself. Um, and, and I think that is also still very important. But I think for any younger hairdressers watching this... Um, and if you've been through your training or you're concerned about what's happening at the moment in the industry, um, it, it, it is good to know that you can reach out and connect to anybody. And you know, I get lots of messages all the time from lots of different levels of hairdressers, and I'm always very happy to help in any way I possibly can uh, in advice uh, that I can offer to people, just as many people did to me when I first started.
0: Yeah, yeah, we need that. We need, I always think, you need to be mentored, but you also need to mentor others. It's like we're always learning, we're always developing. And that brings me to one of the questions actually that somebody asked was, who is your mentor? Do you have a mentor or mentors in the past? Who do you look up to and who influences you?
1: So I would say that the number one and the obvious uh, person I'm going to say here is, is is my dad and our family, really, because one of the things I think a strength of being in a family business, or if they're not family, a very close connected business where you work very well together, is that the immediate people around you um, will mentor you in a very strong way and you would be very influenced from those people. So I have been influenced by my family and I feel lucky that I've got a very strong um, family and the support around me as well. So I would say from an artistic perspective, um, dad has done many competitions and awards and things, but I, I, I learned and did my apprenticeship watching what he did to begin with from a business point of view learn from his experiences over the years as well um and I think that's that's also very important as well so learning from people from a business perspective um you know and the experiences they've had over the years has been very useful for me as well um sort of mentors away from the family there's been loads of people over the years really um I, I said I feel very lucky that I was part of the industry before social media as well because i've managed to make very personal relationships with people just going up and introducing myself and chatting to them and getting to know people at events um but equally i love connecting with everybody now and talking on social media as well so i think a mixture of different people really
0: do you think that's a key part of it then so if we're talking about success leaves traces is that a key part of it when you want to start getting into the level of winning the, the the bigger higher end awards um does it matter does it matter who you know i don't mean that in a negative sense as in uh, you know like um, oh you get to know the judges and then they judge your work unfairly anything I don't mean it in that way but I just mean the effort that you're putting into networking and, and going to these events like you say and, and volunteering to help or going watching shows and just getting into like immersing yourself in that environment I guess is what I'm, what I'm trying to say is really immerse yourself in that environment and around your peers is does that something that se- that seems to be a key part of this as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think if you if you really s- surround yourself with the t- the type of people that you admire and that you want to uh, be part of, and I think like like what you're doing here groups like um like you, what you've created here sharing ideas with each other is so important because there's a lot of similarities in businesses sometimes and, and, and experiences creatively in the industry so I think it, um, sort of sharing your experiences and being with other like-minded people is really important as well and it's certainly something I've found beneficial over the years uh, and those relationships as well that doesn't happen overnight as well You know, it's, it's taken many years of of. I mean, for me, I, I, I've, I've made the journey from Doncaster train station down to London so many times. We must have spent thousands of pounds with um, the, the train companies that have operated uh, that line over the years. And it's been making that effort to go down, sometimes even for an hour, you know, it, it's, it's been something that's been very tiring and been something that I've, um, you know, I've dedicated so much time into, but I think it has paid off over the years as well.
0: Yeah. I, I really do believe in that. That's one of the things that I personally believe in is is you know we become who we hang with. If we want to achieve something that someone else has achieved, which is, you know, maybe a few steps ahead of us, that we're not quite that level of the ladder yet, is hang out with people, be influenced by them, learn from them, be mentored by them who are at that level. Um, because it's like it, it helps raise you up. You you start to believe it because you're surrounding yourself with people that have actually made this happen. So it, it starts to build your self belief.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, I mean, one of the things, I, the advice I would say with this as well, though, um, the industry is very diverse and there's lots of different people and different personalities within it. I think if you are interested in getting in creative work and competitions, I think you've got to always stay focused about what you want to get out of it as well and think about the reasons why you want to do it. So there's some people that might uh, do it because they want to really progress in the industry. They might want to become educators. They might want to develop their business. They might want to create imagery for their website or the windows. There might be some people that just want to do it just to be part of it and for ego reasons as well. And there's nothing wrong with that either. There's just a lot of different reasons for why people do um, some of the creative work that we do and get involved. In events and competitions as well. One of the things I've always felt, and maybe this is perhaps because we're outside of London, or I, I don't know, we've had to think about things in a, a different way. We're not, we've not we've got an academy that we're trying to sell courses for. Our focus is very much about uh, raising the profile of our family business that is in a started in a small town in in Barnsley and we wanted to make sure we could compete on a national level with everybody else and be respected in the same way. And I think over the years of um, entering competitions and awards, I hope we've achieved that really, not just for ourselves, but also for the the industry generally. I think it's nice to see um, salons outside of London or where you would expect to see the most creative people to be to still be, be able to be successful and to do the same things as those, uh, those big names in the industry as well so that, that was something we always set out to do but ultimately at the heart of everything we do it's always been about raising the profile of our family business and doing things that get clients into our salon as well um, and that's something I've always been really proud of and I knew actually when we started getting people to travel to Barnsley to get their hair done from London and other big cities I thought well actually this is great I'm really proud of what we're achieving here Um, and as much as I love our clients that are from Barnsley and we're very lucky to have a very loyal client base it's nice that people come and travel to us um, which I'm very proud of that
0: no, I think that's great. It's, it's, um, it's definitely a great goal as well, inspiring people that they don't need to leave locally. It's like me up in the highlands of Inverness. You don't need to, to leave here to travel to get you know, a great education and, and work in a great salon and that kind of stuff, or, or achieve big dreams. You, you, you can do it from where you are, whether it's a town or a village. That shouldn't limit...
1: And I think more than ever, actually... It's, it's perhaps easier to do that now because of social media and, and the way that we're all communicating. And if one positive comes from uh, the whole coronavirus situation that we're in, I think we've all found new ways of connecting with, with each other and talking to each other. Um, I mean, if I use something... I'm doing Facebook Lives and um, Instagram Lives. It's something I wouldn't... I was never really into all that sort of, sort of stuff before. It used to really freak me out. I'm not really one for um, sort of shouting about myself a lot particularly um so the idea of doing an instagram live i just would, I would never have done it but now because of this situation it's pushed me into having to do it and actually i, I don't mind them now i quite enjoy it so yeah it's, you get it's, used um, to it, <laughs> you know, yeah exactly yeah so i think it's it you know it's, it, it's all of these things you're constantly learning and pushing yourself in in different directions with um with what we're doing within our businesses but also as hairdressers in the industry as well
0: so you mentioned corona. I'm going to come to the quickfire questions in a second to sort of round things off. But you mentioned, of course, that we're all kind of closed down and everything that's happening at the moment with the coronavirus. How did, How is that affected? Because that's not the experience you would have expected in your year of British hairdresser of the year. Well, so, it's, yeah,
1: it's going to be memorable,
0: definitely. <laughs> it's going to be memorable because you would think you'd be flying around, you'd be on stages all over the world, wherever. But you know, yes, you're still reaching a lot of people, but more virtually. How do you think this has affected your experience? Um, do
1: you know what? I don't really think it's changed. Other than the sense that I've had a lot of work cancelled, as in shows and events and things, um, which is, you know, that's a shame. I've got lots of concepts and ideas that we're going to present as shows and, and obviously working on other opportunities that may have come off the back of winning. Uh, I think those opportunities are still there. They're just in a different way now. Um, so, um, you know, it's... it's probably not going to be about live hairdressing shows for, for a little while you know I don't know when that you know, might be the end of the year when we get back to normal or a new normal um, it could be next year you know we don't know and I think that's, that's something that's changed a lot I don't feel I've missed out on anything and interestingly actually with, with opportunities to promote our salon our business and, and, and my win you know for many years I might have contacted or been approached by tv opportunities or radio opportunities and there's been more of that than ever this time i've just done it by zoom um or over phone calls so it's it's just been in a different way really a
0: different way um, yeah. it's about adapting isn't it Yes. yeah Okay, so and it will always so, be
1: memorable. You know, I, I yeah. can always say this has been the year that, um, that you know, the COVID 19 um, winning year of, of the Henderson Awards. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so I've got some quick fire questions for you from people in the community. And the most common one actually that they asked was, How did it feel to win?
1: Um, it, it was amazing. It was an incredible experience for me that evening. If I'm honest with you, I was actually very. I was just happy to be there. When I got nominated, I was so happy to be amongst the names that were there, and these are people I've always looked up and, and up, looked up to and strived to be um, like and part of the industry. So um, I was so happy just to be nominated. So when my name was announced as a winner, I was uh, you know I was really shocked. I mean, anybody on there there on the evening, I probably could see how how shocked I was, but obviously really happy as well. Um, and I think also you know it just made me feel very proud of the years of work not just about myself but that the whole family had put into us getting to that point and it represented that moment really for us all um I actually mentioned the book that dad gave me uh, when I first started in the 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 winning speech and um I, I just thought that you know it kind of all sort of made made sense as to um explaining how that journey began really
0: yeah yeah good uh what else do we have can anyone really do this can anyone with the you know the talent can anyone really do this
1: i think so yeah because from a hairdressing perspective you know you can look at lots of hairdressers in our industry and not everybody's going to like every style of work and i think this year represented this at the hairdressing awards we'd all got such dramatically different styles of work and all represented different areas of the industry so some people are much more about session some people were more about um about being part of uh salon life as i am so Um, it was, I think we'd all got our own um, individual offering to the industry. So, you know, I think anybody can do it, and I think it's important to to have confidence and to believe in yourself that you can. The only thing I would say is that it just does take a lot of work and a lot of years of experience. It's not something that um, happens overnight, uh, and it really isn't. And probably when I was younger, I wanted it to happen much more quickly, and I really wanted, uh, you know, to be nominated. And as I've got a bit older, that... That probably became less, um, I was less desperate f- perhaps for that, but I, you know, but when it happened, uh, it felt much more uh, rewarding because of that, really.
0: Okay. Um, do you have any habits or any little things that you do before a show or an event or a ward or any sort of little superstitions or, or habits? Um, I've... I've
1: i think probably for me uh there's always certainly before lockdown there was always something happening so virtually every week i was going to london once or twice a week and i was i'm always doing work with with weller professionals and doing things on behalf of our own brands so for me personally um i'm constantly planning something or spinning a lot of plates as well really because i have salon life happening looking after clients the business elements of things but also the creative side of things as well so for me being organized as much as i possibly can is important I've got a great team of people around me that support and help me as well. Um, But I would say that the habits I've got probably are the fact that I just draw on experiences that I've had in the past and and being as planned and prepared for anything as possible. So what I mean by that is the session kit that you have, for example, is really important. So going to an an event or a shoot, and maybe if you don't know what you're going to be doing when you get there, to have everything you could possibly need so you know that you have planned and prepared for anything that might happen.
0: Okay. And lastly, what's your plans for the future? What what are you working on just now and and returning back? And and what's the plans? What's the the dreams?
1: Yeah. So what I've always tried to do is set myself kind of five yearly goals. Um, So if if I think back to the last sort of 15 years, um, Fifteen years ago, it was very much about being successful in awards and competitions. And five years on from that, it was establishing the lead salon, and I really had five years of focusing on business, getting a great strong foundation. The next five years have been about creative again, so entering awards and working my way through through different categories of the Hebison Awards and connecting with everybody again. So the next five years, um, I have lots of ideas of what I want to to try to do with our brand and with our uh, our salons. Uh, but also looking and exploring different opportunities that may have come from winning the awards again. So perhaps going back into a slightly more business focused period um, and trying to put the awards into, um, into use to develop our brand as well. So whether that means uh, our own products in some way, um, developing more salons, you know, looking at what we do with our existing business. Uh, but yeah, they're the kind of things I'm thinking at the moment. Without going into too much detail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's lovely having you on. Where can people find you? Where will they find you on socials or where can they reach out to you?
1: Yeah, so you can look to our website, which is russelleatonhair.com. You can find me on Facebook, just under my own name, Robert Eaton. On Instagram, it's Robert J. Eaton. Uh, and our salon name is under Russell Eaton Salons as well. So you can find us on all of those areas. And of course, you know, reach out to me at all if I can be any help to anybody that's watching this. Um, any young hairdressers that are wanting to get involved in creative work or anybody who's got their own salon and maybe thinking about what how to to navigate this situation we're in as well i'm more than happy to share all the things that we're doing at russell eaton as well to, to hopefully support everybody as well
0: yeah Robert, thank you so much, and I have to say, genuinely, you seem to be one of the the nicest people that I've met in the industry. And so many people say that to me, like you were such a popular winner. Um, you you're always very giving with your time and your knowledge. Like there's lots of people, not just to myself, but there's lots of people that have come to me and said, he came and helped me. I asked him, and then he called me, or you know, like you're very giving with your time and your knowledge. I, I've got well, a couple- do you know, that's
1: so important because so many people did that with me as well. Um, yeah, you know, and I think that's one of the things I always thought if I was lucky enough to get to the level I've got to now in the industry that I'd want to make sure I try yeah. to support other people as well. And at the end of the day, any young hairdressers or anybody that's watching this that wants to get involved with that, these are the future of the industry moving forward as well. Exactly. Um, so I think it's really important. that. But thank you for saying that though.
0: Yeah, giving out is so important. Thank you so much. Um, My pleasure. Okay, take care.
1: See you later. Bye.